Hey, it's Greg Sykes here, and you're listening to Frequency. Merry Christmas, everyone, from Joe and Dan here at Frequency. We hope you've had a good Christmas holiday. As we approach the end of the new year, I wanted to make sure that we got some content out. As recently, I had the opportunity to talk with Reynolds and Kathy Maines from World Embrace Ministries. You may recognize the Maines name from television if you're from Canada, um, but Reynolds and Kathy have a unique ministry that I wanted to share with our audience. So let's dive right into the interview. Welcome to the Frequency Podcast, folks. Now I am in Charlottetown. I just came back from Vancouver, and uh, I'm getting back into the swing of things here in Atlantic Canada. And I'm here with Reynold and Kathy Maines, and they're from the ministry called World Embrace. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Yeah. And have you adapted well to East Coast culture and food and everything else? Oh, we love East Coast culture, no doubt about it. But we've come from Africa. You know, we've lived there for four years, so always coming back to Canada or to the States. My wife's an American. I'm a Canadian. Mm. We always have to joyfully adapt <laughs> to the North American diet. Now, being from different countries originally, does that complicate travel? Uh, not at all. Not at all. As long as you have a passport, you're good. Yeah, we're yeah. good to go. Now, I've never been to Africa, um, but what's it like having to come back across I guess, Atlantic Ocean to come back this way from being in a totally different climate and culture. Hmm. Well, you pray and you hope for good seats and a nice sleep because <laughs> it's, it's tiring, um, you know, as far as the travel. Mm -hmm. And I find that uh, the jet lag is worse coming back mm -hmm. than going, you know, to yeah. you know, Africa, et cetera. Yeah. So that's, that's been my experience. Wow. wow. Now, you come from, you know, not to go into a lot of history, but I know mm -hmm. you, and people can look you up. We don't have to go into a lot of detail of the history, but you guys have been doing this a long time, mm -hmm. being in ministry. Yes. And uh, been a pastor and traveling, and obviously in your, your family life. Yes. You grew up in, in it. Um, and now you're on your own. You were doing live television and recorded television for many years, I'm yes, assuming. Yeah, yeah. Um, what um, sort of led you to World Embrace? Because this is a separate ministry. It's a charitable organization mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. totally dedicated um, your lives now to this. Um, how did you get to that point? Yeah. Well, my father, David Maines, started Christian television in Canada 56 years ago. In 1962, he started Christian television here. Yeah. A lot of people uh, in Canada, especially somewhat in the States, will know a program by the name of 100 Huntley Street. I daily, knew it well. daily Christian television program. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's the longest running uh, television program in Canadian history. Wow. Uh, daily television program. So it's been forever. And we are involved with uh, Crossroads for many years as well, hosting 100 Huntley Street, heading up the missions mm -hmm. department for crossroads and traveling to different parts of the world and and uh, in 2001 we really realized and uh, because we had worn many hats in ministry as I'm sure many people listening have been involved in many different areas in life but sometimes you hit your sweet spot and you say man we really locked in there and, and this is really uh, where we feel it's our sweet spot we feel that God the smile of God's approval on this and so we realized missions is it for us, and that's when we really started pouring into that. And then God shortly thereafter directed our focus 
to unity within the body of Christ. Because hmm. we are praying with our children, encouraged to pray around a family globe, you know, where it spins in your house, those globes, the earth yeah. on a stand. Yeah. And when our children were young, this is going back a few years ago, uh, we would put our hands on the globe and we'd surround our children in prayer and, and, uh, and pray a simple little prayer that Bob Pierce, the founder of World Vision, used to pray every day of his life. Back in the day, he used yeah. to pray, Father, may the things that break your heart break mine. And we'd pray that with our children. And what God really emphasized to us was what breaks the heart of the Father is the disunity amongst his children and the, the, the divides and the confrontation, the fighting, the disputes. Uh, and usually it's all about non-essentials to salvation that we're arguing about. One mm -hmm. church is loud, one is quiet. Yeah. One speaks in other tongues, one doesn't. One worships on a Saturday, one worships on a Sunday, and that's enough to put up our dukes and start a fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. and, and that certainly doesn't please the Father's heart. So our, our uh, calling and missions, as we mentioned, four years now living in Africa, in Gulu, northern Africa, a very, very difficult part of Africa, northern Uganda, um, that's where Joseph Kony and the Lord's Resistance Army centered, the LRA. Well, I was going to ask you, is it, is it a dangerous place where you are specifically? It certainly has been. Mm -hmm. Thank the Lord, not right now. Good. And, uh, but uh, during uh, 22 years that just ended in 2007, there were over 66,000 children abducted in our area. Oh turned into child soldiers or sex slaves and there were over 100,000 people killed and most people in all of northern Uganda had to leave their villages and live in IDP camps for many years. So God has called us into this atmosphere and this culture and with a focus first and foremost of seeing the body of Christ, the different churches from across town, the different denominations begin to love and respect one another and look at each other as family and then see what we can do joining arms to impact our community because world embrace we're not planting churches we believe in planting churches but that's not our calling planted churches yep. but supporting churches supporting pastors mm -hmm. and again unifying the body of Christ to impact our community wow. so God has led us into some very very interesting uh, opportunities and wide open doors in our community with the government and the church leaders well that, that leads to my next question yeah the champion center Yes. So you you were given property to start this, well, or how did that I, work? It's allocated, okay. Because it's still owned by the government, but we're, we've entered into a public-private partnership. Okay. And we, I mean the church, uh, World Embrace. That's our organization. We don't want to be an umbrella organization in our community. We want to take that umbrella and flip it upside down and become a basin organization okay. where we meet with the other churches and ministries with our towels we wash each other's feet and then we go into our community and believe God that his Holy Spirit's going to be there and powerfully bring transformation we're the second largest community in Uganda Kampala is number one then Gulu is number two with about 200,000 wow. and half of the population so upwards of a hundred thousand are age 14 and under wow. it's a population of children and teenagers 85% are age 35 and under. So it's really an amazing opportunity. But the Champion Center, Kathy, talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just really believe that what has happened here, well, first of all, it's unprecedented. We're hearing from many people in the community in different spheres of influence. How in the world did you get access to this land? Because mm -hmm. it's prime. Yeah. And as Reynolds said, it's, it's not 
uh, you know, we don't own it, but we didn't desire that. We really felt that the Lord wanted the church walking together in love and unity to be in those roundtable discussions within the, you know, those city council meetings, etc., and have a say into how will Gulu Town be developed. So they're stakeholders in yes. the whole idea. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's and actually a bit unprecedented. Exactly. It's a new approach to missions. It really is. Yeah. I mean, um, the government believes in unity because, obviously, unity equals peace. Peace, stability, stability, prosperity. Mm-hmm. And they're excited about that because this has been a region of the world that has been anything but peaceful. And it's very unstable. Mm -hmm. We take it to a whole new level level as a believer in Christ. You know, that God wants to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven and his Mm -hmm. kingdom is that of unity. So you're going to care, ingenuity, and resources Mm -hmm. and then equipping the people there. So... For and I've seen the video and I've seen some of the plans and we'll share the link on the podcast notes, um, the show notes. But yeah. so is it to employ local people as well? Like, is this is this going to be um, like a, a local um, call out to contractors in the area? How does that work? Yes, it, it's going to be uh, stewarded by the churches together in unity and love hmm. for each, for God, for each other, and the community. And so there will be a whole volunteer base coming from the churches, but as well from the staff uh, hmm. being handpicked from the different churches as they apply. Um, and uh, it, it's going to be quite an incredible hub of the city. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the social hub of the city. And we really believe that this is God's gift to the church to steward with clean hands and a pure heart mm-hmm. to evangelize and reach a whole community. And so uh, we're just very, very excited. It's a hard, hard journey. It's an uncharted journey. But we're seeing it's a blessed journey. Now, Reynolds, you know, you had said that there was a progression that is, you know, unity, peace, stability, prosperity. But in God's word, biblical unity, according to John 17, in Jesus' longest recorded prayer, hours before he died, some biblical scholars call John 17 Jesus' last will and testament. It's a big deal. And in the last part of the chapter, beginning with verse 20, he begins to pray for all who believe, and he then states an equation, and it effectively says this, unity within the body of Christ equals the world knowing that he was sent by God and that God loves the world as much as he loves his own son. Mm -hmm. That is, Dan, when you think about that, um, that would be pretty incredible. Isn't that what we, the church, are praying for and working for mm-hmm. every single day to Should see be. the world yes. coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior? Mm-hmm. And Jesus prayed that, or do we need to get a, a stack of commentaries and go to Bible school and talk to some <laughs> theologians and let's see what that really means? Yes. Or did yes. Jesus really mean that when he said, Father... May they be brought to complete unity so that the world will know that you have sent me and love them even as you have loved me. And then he prayed it again and then he prayed it again. Mm -hmm. So Jesus was praying that unity within the body of Christ could be an incredibly powerful, effective Mm -hmm. way to do evangelism. Mm -hmm. Psalm 133 states how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. For there I command my blessing, 
And then he talks about it as the anointing oil and the dew. And, and so, so unity Jesus way is a very effective way to do evangelism. It brings God's commanded blessing. And then in Ephesians 3.10, when the apostle Paul said his intent, God's intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God be displayed to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. And when Paul wrote that, it was one of the first times in Scripture where he referred to the church as the Jew and, and the, the Gentile, Gentile yeah. as one. Mm -hmm. So God's intent was that... Which the, was counterculture in the day. It was huge. <laughs> yeah. That was like, what? Yeah. That was probably the most severe divide ever. Mm -hmm. And yet God was saying under the unctioning of the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul that his intent was that now that the Jew and the Gentile is one, mm -hmm. be his display agent to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms of his manifold wisdom. And, and I don't have time to unpack that, but effectively, it's, it, when you study it in Scripture, it, it, unity Jesus' way actually as well is kingdom military strategy. It effectively fights the war where it's being fought and wins. Mm -hmm. It's huge, this, this laying this foundation of true biblical unity, which, by the way, when you study scripture, goes beyond project development, crisis response, or a great concert crusader event. Mm -hmm. yeah. It deals with the issues of the heart, right? And so this, this whole champion center thing, we believe, is, is an effective tool that as we have been pursuing this building bridges of relationship with any follower of the Lord Jesus, and by the way, God doesn't make going to heaven very hard, does he? He says, <laughs> yes. if you believe in your mouth, I mean, if, if you, you confess, confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, is yeah. the Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved, saved. Yeah. period. And so we focus on that, not all those non-essentials. And we, and we bless that and you go in your church, you know, and learn that and grow in that more. But God is saying, you know, to become a believer in Jesus and make it to heaven, go into heaven, you don't have to be focusing on all these other things. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're, you're my follower. And so... We um, tend to complicate things. Oh, we? my goodness. Yes, yeah. And so, anyway, <laughs> as we have been building these bridges of relationship, we are seeing now God's commanded blessing coming on the body of Christ in Gulu as we are working through those issues of decades or centuries of judging or condemning or jealousy or competitiveness, all these things that bring division, and we're confessing and getting right with the Lord and one another. And now, we, here we are, and the government is saying, here, would you like the prime piece of Gulu and the church? We're going to entrust it to the church just to develop it and steward it. Mm -hmm. And like Reynolds said, you know, it's really an a, a gospel center. Yeah. We're not going to call it that, yeah. right? We've got to yeah. be strategic, good, smart fishers of men. Mm -hmm. But it is going to be a gospel center stewarded by the church every single day in love. But it's a practical thing you're building, too. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Like you said, how many kids? So you obviously focused on things that are going to serve the community for kids. Yes. Um, so what you're building is it's practical things. Yeah. It's Definitely. sports related. It's, um, and what we did when we first got to Gulu, yeah. um, we met with uh, uh, church pastors, leaders, influential people in the community, and we built something called our, called our Gulu advisory team. 
and we go to them and we share with them. Every two weeks we have a meeting and they help guide us because we don't live in Gulu. We're not African. Well, we do live in Gulu now. Uh, okay, we haven't, we haven't lived <laughs> we in haven't Gulu all of our life. <laughs> exactly. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Just like I'm not from PEI mm-hmm. yeah. and people remind me. <laughs> so yes. while they're in the culture with the people, yeah. with, with God, the leading of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of people that have lived there all their life, we formulated the plan to move forward because they were concerned we're losing our children, they're saying. And remember, half the population are children, yeah. uh, losing them to, to Islam or just away from the faith. Yeah. And so, so that's where uh, together we came up with this, uh, this Gulu Community Champion Center. And phase one is the Children's Park. Who picked the name, by the way? Yeah, I, I came up with the name. <laughs> yeah. I, I give all credit to God, of course, but, yeah, yeah. but we're more than co- champions yeah. More than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord, right? Like so it, the champion center. What I mean is, it doesn't sound overtly Christian right. on yeah. purpose. It's mm-hmm. it's um, and it's a positive. It's yeah. affirmative. Name. Yes, yes. Yeah, but it, anyone could get behind it. Yeah. Well, we are a community mm-hmm. center. We'll have people visiting and playing there and doing games and sports. And yeah. phase two is the is the, are the sports field, yeah. and we're going to have an amphitheater for cultural nights. We'll have people from different faiths coming in, yeah. but they're going to encounter the love of Christ I Jesus through our staff and any message that we do convey. convey. Yeah. Like in the children's park, in the very middle of the children's park, and yeah. maybe some will click on the link below and see the children's park. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is the children's amphitheater the children's stage? Oh, and you're and, you're well along in the planning process. Yeah. Oh, we are. Have your renderings yes. ready to go right? yes. and we've already begun building wow. we have the playgrounds in the ground yeah. we're not open yet yeah. but we haven't built the basketball courts the volleyball the soccer field you know the so climbing walls the, the swings right? <laughs> yeah and the amphitheater yeah. and, and there's a lot of elements going into this and we truly believe that just because the people of gulu are poor you don't give them poor things right that's not a kingdom mentality yeah Right, so we want to do the very best we can. We want to honor God and respect mm-hmm. people, and we're just really anticipating that this citywide unified ministry of the Christ-centered churches mm-hmm. is going to be something that God can point to as well, or point people to look towards mm-hmm. and say, "Why can't we do that too?" Look what's going on in Gulu. There, the churches yeah. have decided to join arms. They're not joining each other's churches, but they're willing to join arms and do something in the community that the leaders of the community see are a problem or a a great void, a great lack. Mm -hmm. And we believe God's going to use that maybe even to create a holy jealousy for our communities back in North America to say, why can't we do something in our communities? That was my next question was, um, how in the world do you, being here now, look at the perspective of Canadian North American culture, which is a have culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we want for nothing. Um, Coming in the Christmas season even. And the realization of we have so much, is it a burden or a difficulty when you go back to your new home and see the need? Um, Like, how do you you, um, reconcile that being from North America and then going back? um, Has it changed your world personally and impacted you because of that? Hmm. Wow, that's quite a question. I mean, (laughs) uh, just a funny example. The first, first time I ever go into a supermarket, you know, like... Like the real Canadian superstar, I don't yes. know if they are here. Oh, no, that's what it is here. And right. I'm like, I'll, I'll look at Reynolds and I go, we're back. I mean, <laughs> it's overwhelming. Yeah. It yeah. is overwhelming. Hmm. And it, it, yes, it hits us like, wow, Lord, we have so much here in North America. Yeah. 
and we're thankful that God has given us the opportunity to live in Gulu because we have that global perspective. And it just humbles us. You know, if by the grace of God, I could have been born mm-hmm. in, in, in that culture and had a very, very different upbringing and life uh, position right now. Yeah. And so it's just so important. It, how do we deal with it? We just are always, we're, we're more thankful, we're more, we try to be more giving, you know, um, yeah. and and just uh, be the, the hands and feet of Jesus and that conduit that God can just say, okay, I can flow through that person freely and unhindered. They're not hanging on for dear life. Yeah. They get it, that this is just stuff, yeah. and you can't take it with you, and it doesn't make you happy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so. Anyway. Now, um, just some background uh, Family dynamics. You have children? Yes. How old are your children? Well, our children are all adults now. Our oldest is 30. Mm-hmm. And then our middle child, what's she, 27? 28. 28. And our son is 24. Are they all back here or are they involved in any way? Yeah. Um, our oldest daughter's in Texas because Kathy's from the States. Yep. And uh, so she's a tween pastor <laughs> okay. in uh, East Texas. And then our youngest son uh, is married a year ago. And they're in Ontario. Okay. And our middle child, Elizabeth, married David Lee. Uh, he uh, graduated from Western University with an accounting degree, a pastor's son, and then played three years in the CFL. Oh, okay. Two years with the Toronto Argonauts, one year with Saskatchewan Rough Riders, <laughs> and now they're with us in Gulu, Uganda. Wow. That they've joined the team. That's great. And they are the ones that have given us our two grandchildren. <laughs> that was, again, my next question. So, yeah. You guys I are mean, used to this. I mean, you know, it's it was just such a big gift from the Lord. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I couldn't go there and say, oh, God, I want them to come because where we live is quite difficult. Yeah. But then we got a call one day and said, you know, Mom and Dad, God's calling us. And so we were quiet. And one time they called us and said, you know, everybody else is excited. You're not saying anything. Are you sure you want us to come? But we knew that it was a God calling, and especially with a three-year-old and now a baby. Oh, yeah. You know, that's that's a huge decision to make. So anyway, yeah, that's our family. Yeah. No, it, and again, some when you're involved in a ministry at this level and you're now in construction and you're, you're dealing with the logistics of yeah. ministry life, um, it can be a burden sometimes on family yeah. when you have to make tough decisions like yeah. being halfway around the world Yeah, because yeah. it affects yeah. daily life. It affects where you spend Christmas, who you hang mm-hmm. out with. Mm-hmm. And of course, ministry doesn't happen without support. And that's why I wanted to talk to you today to get you in front of other people in different audience in the U.S. and, well, actually around the world. Um, you. And you never know who is yeah. going to pick it up and say, man, like, I can get behind that. Mm. Um, what are some key things that people should um, consider as part of the World Embrace ministry if they want to support you mm. or how to do that? Yeah. Well, I really think that um, all of us as believers need to be involved locally, you know, regionally, yeah. nationally, and internationally. And there are so many wonderful organizations doing great things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people doing what would be considered traditional missions and uh, it needs to continue because it's worked you know orphanages uh, training leaders planting churches what we're doing and we really feel God is creating something doing something new and uh, there's no textbook for this Mm -hmm. where the focus is coming into a region 
pursuing unity amongst the body of Christ at large because we believe that it's the regional church to reach the region and then prayerfully considering together how we can make an impact, how we can be the church on display in our community and see people, men, women, boys and girls drawn to Christ, greater salvations and discipling you know, the region, transformation and building uh, the center of town and that's what God's leading us to do in Gulu, the Gulu Community Champion Center, you know, addressing the needs of our community. And it's, you need to remember this. This is unprecedented, where the government is saying, we would like to, to partner with you, work with you. Mm-hmm. You'll lead, and we'll help provide things. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some time hasn't allowed us, but we could tell you story after story that you, your mouth would just go, what? Now, this hasn't been an overnight thing. You no. said you've been there four years. Right, yes. right. Four years of probably more official. I mean, obviously, yes. it took a while to get to that point. Yes, yes, yes. But so in this unprecedented opportunity, again, I need to highlight this. 50% of Uganda's population are 14 years and younger. Mm. And so this opportunity literally is a wide open door to evangelize, mentor, and disciple a whole generation that represents 50%. And who do they they look to? Exactly. And they will, in the next few years, step into positions of leadership that will determine where this nation goes. Mm -hmm. And we don't even have time to go into, there is a huge spiritual significance on the nation of Uganda as it relates to the continent of Africa. Mm -hmm. And so, anyway, this opportunity is actually investing in a whole generation through the church together in God's commanded blessing, higher level of authority in the heavenly realms where the battle is, Mm -hmm. and then working with the government that's opening the door wide, saying, please come. It's it's a a moment in time, right, where the church needs to step up in strength and authority, Mm -hmm. right, and do it. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's what this is about. Yeah, you talked about kingdom culture. So really what you're doing is you're, you're um, entering their culture, but with, with Jesus being the priority, mm-hmm. with Christ being the priority. And then there are local pastors there right now. Yes. Um, would they be trained pastors? Because I know church life is different in other yes. countries. Uh, I've yes. been to other parts of the world, like Jamaica, for example, where church life is totally different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that country, in that area of the world, what would church look like and how would mm-hmm. how would they be able to get involved compared to North America, for mm-hmm. example, where mm-hmm. we have a building that we go to and, you know, protocols and, mm-hmm. and um, cars to drive to the church mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that. What does it look like there? Mm-hmm. Um, in Gulu, Uganda, there's not a lot of... Th- Lot, not a lot competing for people's time. Mm. In North America, there's a lot competing for our time. We could yeah. do, we could run off in all directions at the same time and be busy for the rest of our life. I mean, yes. there's so many options here. Yeah. Uh, there's not as many, so churches are often very full there. Um, uh, mainline churches, more uh, charismatic churches, evangelical churches, they're, they're, they're more full. But what, what we're really seeing and what we're believing for in this journey is moving from stranger to friend and friend to family because that's what God wants. He wants us to be a family. He wants us to be a regional church that love and respect one another. And so we're we're believing for that. Now, creating the Gulu Community Champion Center, the center of town, where we will have thousands of children and youth in our care every week. 
yeah. uh, especially once it's fully developed, because right now it's the children's park right. we're building. Yeah. Next will be the sports park mm -hmm. and the amphitheater. There's going to be a library eventually, a worship arts center with a recording studio, <laughs> you know, um, and and uh, a, a medical hub, you yeah. know, and things of that nature. There's many dreams and visions God's giving us, but we really believe that this will be a meeting place. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes uh, people from different churches, they just don't move in the same circles and they never encounter each other. I but, can see the same thing here. Yes, yeah. most definitely. But yeah. to create something that is so dynamic and exciting that every church in town says we need to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And every church in town, Lord willing, will say that's part of our ministry yeah. because we want them to own it, to be a part mm -hmm. of it. This is a partnership. So that's why you're saying you're not trying to banner your names across this mm -hmm. ministry. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's really just the catalyst for what you want the local church to be involved exactly. in. Exactly. Which is what we're all called to do. Exactly. Yes. So it is a bit um, counter-cultural. Well, you called it kingdom culture. Um, and it is the social hub. I, I was writing little notes down and I, I watched a couple videos and some of the other interviews that you've done. Um, and it's hard to ask questions of people that are doing things that you don't really understand, right? <laughs> because it's so weird to, to go into a place and they're saying, please come, sit down, like, like tell us what you want to do. Okay, here's some land over here. Let's go for a drive. Like, yeah. how, how simple was it to, to get to the point where they're saying, here's where we want you to be? Or was that something that God laid upon your heart based on being there? Yeah. We had to uh, build trust. Mm -hmm. You know, they had to learn to trust us. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we first arrived in Gulu, we spent a lot of time meeting intentionally with people mm -hmm. and sharing what God was emphasizing to us in Scripture of unity and the importance that we are family, that the kingdom family is above the tribal family because mm -hmm. the tribal family is temporary. Right. The kingdom family is eternal. The kingdom family is above the denominational family because mm -hmm. the denominations are temporary as well. Yeah. The kingdom family is eternal. And by the way, if you love your church and your denomination, enjoy it now because it won't be in heaven. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. The kingdom family will be in heaven, yeah. the family of God. You're a Pentecostal pastor, right? So, uh, yeah, I had some of that background as well. Yes, I love yeah. this. Yeah. This is kingdom. But, but yes. you know what? World Embrace is being supported by a Baptist church yeah. in Definitely. Florida. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pentecostal Church in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. um, different churches, Anglican are, churches. an Anglican church is supporting mm -hmm. because of the fact that we are so kingdom minded. And my father, David Maines, was that way yeah. uh, on uh, his television program that went across Canada and down into the States. He had on his staff, even though he was a Pentecostal minister, he had an Anglican minister, a United Church a minister, Baptist. a Catholic. They were all born again and loved Jesus. Yes. But, and some, the, the Toronto Star, big news, newspaper, wanted to do sort of an expose at some point on my dad. And they said, don't be fooled by David Maines. And, and you see all those ministers on staff from different churches, don't be fooled. They're really all the same. And my dad said, yes, yes, we really we are all the same. Biggest compliment. We, we, we are all the same. So, but God got us involved in some smaller things initially. Like we renovated the two main basketball courts in Gulu. And we sponsored, the churches. Yeah, and, and we sponsored the Gulu Hawks and the Gulu Hoop Rockers. Uh, we together again with our supporters and helped locally in Gulu, we renovated the, the children's jail for age seven, 12 to 17 year old children mostly boys, a few girls in the jail, and we've hired teachers to educate the children now. We feed them a meal every day in the children's jail. We've hired a matron to keep an eye on the girls at night as well. 
And then we were involved in renovating the most important sports facility in the whole north mm -hmm. called uh, the Peche War Memorial Stadium. Okay. And don't think of stadium like we have here in North America. That have, you can maybe fit four or 500 people in concrete bleachers, yeah. but still they'll pack 30,000 in there on the grass and around. <laughs> yes. But we were involved in that, and they asked Kathy to be the chairman of the finance committee during the renovations. I was one of the managers. Totally unreligious activities, yeah. but God was connecting us with uh, the polit political powers that be, mm -hmm. city council, mm -hmm. the top elected officials. We were working with them every day, and they got to know who we were, yeah. how we live our life, and how our we pastors, do business. The, and yeah. church leaders that we were with. Yeah, the pastors, and, and we're, they're journeying with us and in we're this. We're not called to be isolationists, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we're called to be in the culture, mm -hmm. in the community, yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. Oftentimes, we're so fearful of it as if it's going to infect us somehow, mm -hmm. that because you know we're in a non-Christian environment or with non-believers, uh, I think sometimes we, we get it totally wrong. Where 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 did who did Jesus eat with? Right, you know? exactly. And he, and he's not judgmental like like unfortunately the church can be mm -hmm. very judgmental. Mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't matter what realm of Christianity you're in, you're always going to face that. Mm -hmm. And of course, with your dad, like you said, being in public ministry for as long as he was, he was still one of the few that was really unscathed as far mm -hmm. as character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because um, I remember him growing up, you yep. know, and, and I remember him being sort of the mainstay mm -hmm. um, in the, the Christian realm because mm -hmm. he wasn't about um, being that fiery preacher. Because when he started, he wasn't even supposed to preach. Right. It was just like introing songs, right? Exactly. Yes. Um, and I think that was helpful because as the public ministry went on, um, and I think even still today, that... Um, you're you're trying to give like a positive perspective to people, even though you're not running the ministry necessarily now. Mm -hmm. It's still carrying on. Right. There's still good things happening. Right. Sure. And people are looking for hope. Yes. And that's the one thing that's missing often is is people just everyone I've interviewed. It doesn't matter what realm, uh, whether it's an author or whether it's a musician. Um, people are constantly struggling and looking for hope. Mm -hmm. And when you go to different countries, that's where short-term or long-term missions can be positive for people mm -hmm, with the definitely. right perspective mm -hmm. that they're, they're able to see through the Lord's eyes, um, the least of these. Mm -hmm. um, and although I don't think everyone is called to world missions, because mm -hmm. um, it is a unique calling, mm -hmm. I think, because um, the character that you need to have and the patience you need to have with people is paramount. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, it's taken trust and time in with people. Mm -hmm. But they trust you not because um, of necessarily who you are. You're actually linked to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You're linked as a Christian, and they're mm -hmm. trusting that, mm -hmm. which can be unprecedented. Mm -hmm. um, and again, not understanding the culture there. Um, were there any any roadblocks along the way, um, or was it? simply just an open door. One of the most hurtful and always surprising roadblocks is when it comes in the, within the body of Christ. Mm. And that's where we find most of the roadblocks yeah. because there is such a need to focus on bodybuilding within the body of Christ, the yeah. family of God. And like we said earlier, you know, we, we think reunified, but really when it comes down to it and you study what God's word says about it, we're not. Mm -hmm. And we need to move to that place where agape love is flowing and living yeah. out us one to another. Yeah. yeah. And, and we really need to be willing to answer Jesus' prayer. Mm -hmm. Like we go to Jesus, we go to God all the time with our prayer requests. Yeah. But what about answering Jesus' prayer? Mm -hmm. Is that a concern? People might say, well, what is Jesus' prayer? Of course... 
John 17. Father, may they be brought to complete unity so that the world will know that you love them and sent me. And also Jesus said, because um, uh, a lot of people, when they're asked, uh, what is the great commandment? And Jesus was asked that, and he answered correctly, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But keep in mind, he was talking to an Old Testament crowd, mm -hmm. and he answered correctly. But under the new covenant in Christ Jesus' blood, he takes it to higher, a higher level in John 13 and John 15. And Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another in the same way that I loved you. You ought to love one another mm -hmm. so that the world will know that you are my disciples. Yeah. And he takes it to a whole new level. And that was just after Jesus washed the disciples' feet. He said that, that we are to love the way Jesus loved. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, under the Old Covenant, we were to love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength we could muster up, and, and love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with the Holy Spirit's empowering. But with Christ Jesus, uh, when he ascended, the Holy Spirit came, and now we're empowered to actually love the way Jesus loved. To even love your enemies, Jesus said. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, what an example. Jesus laid before us that we are to love the way Jesus loved. And first and foremost, can we not love other people within the family of God? Yeah. Right? And so... Who are the, not supposed to be our enemies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So perhaps that's now the greatest commandment in Scripture. Hmm. Because we're New Covenant believers and Jesus yeah. was speaking to us, He's speaking to you and me, that we are to love the way He loved. Yeah. 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 I don't have to say anything else after that. <laughs> well, my last question really is just how do we pray for you guys um, personally and as a ministry, like next steps? Mm -hmm. Well, we're constantly in need of uh, wisdom, mm -hmm. revelation, and discernment mm -hmm. in, in living in a different culture and working with different levels of government. Some know Jesus, some don't. Yes. And so... We desperately need wisdom, revelation, and discernment. And, of course, protection, good health and strength. Yeah. Um, always, you know, we're asking the Lord to, to provide financially. Yeah. A good friend of mine said, you know what? God's will, God's bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we lay it before him, yeah. and we take faithful steps of obedience as the provision is there. Yeah. And... Um, Yes, as and and for as we're walking this this journey of pursuing answering Jesus's prayer, that um, our brothers and sisters in Christ in Gulu would continue to say yes to the Holy Spirit's convicting, mm -hmm. and that they would say yes to and and take steps of obedience to living out what the Bible has to say, mm -hmm. and. Uh, and as we continue to lay that foundation strong and cultivate that connection, that family connection, you know, I don't know. Yeah, what and, and I just truly believe God knows how to connect the dots. Yeah. Podcasts, speaking mm. in churches, meeting yeah. someone in a restaurant, oh, yeah. you know, and God, God's more interested in what's going on in Gulu, Uganda than we could ever be. And we live there. Yeah. Right. God's interested in it. Uh, we believe he's led us. He's guiding us. So. That's one of the ways that God can advance an organization is through laying on people's hearts to support an organization mm -hmm. 
or not laying on people's hearts. Yeah. God can control the, the growth of a ministry that way. Yeah. He chooses uh, what he wants to bless, and God blesses what he possesses. And I just pray that, that God possesses us totally and that, that we're totally submitted to God's will so, yeah. so that God, by his Holy Spirit, can be so effective through us and we can see his kingdom really established and built the way he would want it built mm -hmm. yeah. as well. So, you know, there may be some people that want to click on a few extra links down below and check mm -hmm. out what we're doing, but we'd love to, we invite partnership. We'd yeah. love people to join arms with us in this journey mm -hmm. of uh, building the Gulu Community Champion Center and supporting World Embrace as we seek to really connect the body of Christ and see a regional church reaching our region and seeing transformation mm -hmm. and, again, establishing an example, a template of perhaps how God wants to do missions in other developing countries of the world because here in North America you can drive five minutes or ten minutes any direction pretty much and end up at a real nice park to take your children to play, push them on the swings, play some basketball, go swim in a pool. Yep. But in developing countries we don't have that. But why not the church join arms together and create this? Hmm. Because it's needed. We have upwards of 100,000 children and not one public playground. There's no place for the kids to play. There's a few private playgrounds here and there, but they're not allowed in. Yeah. But to have a public playground, imagine that. I mean, our problem is going to be crowd control. Yes. We're going to have so many children, but you know what? They're going to encounter the love of Christ Jesus in fun, practical ways. Yeah. You know, with our sports park, we're going to have a basketball chaplain. We're going to have a soccer chaplain, a volleyball chaplain. We're going to have ministers ministering outside the church, mm -hmm. and that's where the church lives. We live yeah. outside the church. We're called to be salt and light, yeah. and that salt and light is not to be held within a four walls of a church yeah. building. we got to get out there in the community. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. We're, we're, we're putting scripture to the test, yep. you know, for God's commanded blessing. Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Okay, God, we want to do that. For there I command a blessing, God said. So, so we're inviting and creating an atmosphere of unity where God's commanded blessing will fall. Mm. Uh, we're just excited about it. And if, if people want to contact us, our contact's on the website there. But we so appreciate you taking the Thank time you. here to give us Thank opportunity you. to share our story, Dan. Yeah, Thank I, you. Well, I mean, obviously the Lord is your passion and, and it, you, you guys just exude it. So mm -hmm. I didn't have to really say anything. <laughs> this <laughs> oh, is no, great. great. No, and again, um, you know, our audience is... is literally global um, including Africa yeah. um, and you know we just want to get the information out so that God can lay that upon people's hearts we're uh, you know our motivation is just to get the information out mm -hmm. and then as, as people people see fit yeah. to be involved in it but it sounds like you've got a plan you've got a place you've got the people mm -hmm. really it's resources and time now mm -hmm. just to to see what God's gonna do yeah. and uh, just trust him for it so thank you so much for sharing thank you thank you so much appreciate it Frequency.fm is a podcast featuring Christian artists, authors, creatives, and experts. For more music reviews, book reviews, and articles, please visit us at Frequency.fm.